Chapters 41 and 42 of A House of Gentlefolk by Ivan Turgenev, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 41 Lavretsky spent a day and a half at Vasilyevska and employed almost all the time in wandering about the neighborhood. He could not stop long in one place. He was devoured by anguish. He was torn unceasingly by impotent, violent impulses. He remembered the feeling which had taken possession of him the day after his arrival in the country. He remembered his plans then and was intensely exasperated with himself. What had been able to tear him away from what he recognized as his duty, as the one task set before him in the future? the thirst for happiness again the same thirst for happiness it seems mihalevitch was right he thought you wanted a second time to taste happiness in life he said to himself you forgot that it is a luxury an undeserved bliss if it even comes once to a man it was not complete it was not genuine you say but prove your right to full genuine happiness look round and see who is happy who enjoys life about you look at that peasant going to the mowing is he contented with his fate what would you care to change places with him remember your mother how infinitely little she asked of life and what her life fell to her lot you were only bragging it seems when you said to Panshin that you had come back to Russia to cultivate the soil, you have come back to dangle after young girls in your old age. Directly the news of your freedom came, you threw up everything, forgot everything, you ran like a boy after a butterfly. The image of Lisa continually presented itself in the midst of his broodings. He drove it away with an effort together with another importunate figure other serenely wily beautiful hated features old anton noticed that the master was not himself after sighing several times outside the door and several times in the doorway he made up his mind to go up to him and advised him to take a hot drink of something lavretsky swore at him ordered him out afterwards he begged his pardon but that only made anton still more sorrowful lavretsky could not stay in the drawing-room it seemed to him that his great-grandfather andrei was looking contemptuously from the canvas at his feeble descendant bah you swim in shallow water the distorted lips seemed to be saying is it possible he thought that I cannot master myself, that I am going to give in to this nonsense? Those who are badly wounded in war always call their wounds nonsense. If man did not deceive himself, he could not live on earth. Am I really a boy? Ah, well, I saw quite close. I almost held in my hands the possibility of happiness for my whole life yes in the lottery too turn the wheel a little and the beggar perhaps would be a rich man if it does not happen then it does not 
and it's all over i will set to work with my teeth clenched and make myself be quiet it's all well it's not the first time i have had to hold myself in and why have i run away why am i stopping here sticking my head in a bush like an ostrich a fearful thing to face trouble nonsense anton he called aloud order the coach to be brought round at once yes he thought again i must grin and bear it i must keep myself well in hand with such reasonings lavretsky tried to ease his pain but it was deep and intense and even apraxia who had outlived all emotion as well as intelligence shook her head and followed him mournfully with her eyes as he took his seat in the coach to drive to the town the horses galloped away he sat upright and motionless and looked fixedly at the road before him chapter forty two lisa had written to lavretsky the day before to tell him to come in the evening but he first went home to his lodgings he found neither his wife nor his daughter at home from the servants he learned that she had gone with the child to the Kalitins. This information astounded and maddened him. Varvara Pavlovna has made up her mind not to let me live at all, it seems, he thought with a passion of hatred in his heart. He began to walk up and down, and his hands and feet were constantly knocking up against child's toys, books, and feminine belongings. He called Justine and told her to clear away all this litter. Oui, monsieur, she said with a grimace, and began to set the room in order, stooping gracefully and letting Lavretsky feel in every movement that she regarded him as an unpolished bear. He looked with aversion at her faded but still piquant, ironical, Parisian face, at her white elbow sleeves, her silk apron, and little light cap. He sent her away at last, and after long hesitation, as Varvara Pavlovna still did not return, he decided to go to the Kalitins. Not to see Maria Dmitrievna, he would not for anything in the world have gone into that drawing-room, the room where his wife was, but to go up to Marfa Timofeevna's. He remembered that the back staircase from the servant's entrance led straight to her apartment he acted on his plan fortune favoured him he met shurochka in the courtyard she conducted him up to marfa timofeevna's he found her contrary to her usual habit alone she was sitting without a cap in a corner bent and her arms crossed over her breast the old lady was much upset on seeing lavretsky she got up quickly and began to move to and fro in the room as if she were looking for her cap ah it's you she began fidgeting about and avoiding meeting his eyes well how do you do well well what's to be done where were you yesterday well she has come so there there well it must one way or the other lavretsky dropped into a chair well sit down sit down the old lady went on 
did you come straight upstairs well there of course so you came to see me thanks the old lady was silent for a little lavretsky did not know what to say to her but she understood him lisa yes lisa was here just now pursued marfa timofyevna tying and untying the tassels of her reticule she was not quite well shurochka where are you come here my girl why can't you sit still a little my head aches too it must be the effect of the singing and music what singing auntie why we have been having those upon my word what do you call them duets here and all in italian chee chee and cha cha like magpies for all the world with their long drawn-out notes as if they'd pull your very soul out that's punchin and your wife too and how quickly everything was settled just as though it were all among relations without ceremony however one may well say even a dog will try to find a home and won't be lost so long as folks don't drive it out still i confess i did not expect this rejoined lavretsky there must be great effrontery to do this no my darling it's not effrontery it's calculation god forgive her they say you are sending her off to lavriki is it true yes i am giving up that property to varvara pavlovna has she asked you for money not yet well that won't be long in coming but i have only now got a look at you are you quite well yes shurochka cried marfa timofyevna suddenly run and tell lizaveta mikhailovna at least no ask her is she downstairs yes well then ask her where she put my book she will know very well the old lady grew fidgety again and began opening a drawer in the chest lavretsky sat still without stirring in his place all at once light footsteps were heard on the stairs and lisa came in lavretsky stood up and bowed lisa remained at the door lisa lisa darling began marfa timofyevna eagerly where is my book where did you put my book what book auntie why goodness me that book but i didn't call you though there it doesn't matter what are you doing downstairs here fedor ivanch has come how is your head it's nothing you keep saying it's nothing what have you going on downstairs music no they are playing cards well she is ready for anything Zhorochka, i see you want a run in the garden run along oh no marfa timofyevna don't argue if you please run along nastasia karpovna has gone out into the garden all by herself you keep her company you must treat the old with respect Shurochka departed but where is my cap where has it got to let me look for it said lisa sit down sit down i have still the use of my legs it must be inside in my bedroom and flinging a sidelong glance in lavretsky's direction 
Marfa Timofevna went out. She left the door open, but suddenly she came back to it and shut it. Lisa leant back against her chair and quietly covered her face with her hands. Lavretsky remained where he was. This is how we were to meet again, he brought out at last. Lisa took her hands from her face. Yes, she said faintly. We were quickly punished. Punished, said Lavretsky. What had you done to be punished? Lisa raised her eyes to him. There was neither sorrow nor disquiet expressed in them. They seemed smaller and dimmer. Her face was pale, and pale too her slightly parted lips. Lavretsky's heart shuddered for pity and love. You wrote to me. All is over, he whispered. Yes, all is over, before it had begun. We must forget all that, Lisa brought out. I am glad that you have come. I wanted to write to you, but it is better so. Only we must take advantage quickly of these minutes. It is left for both of us to do our duty. You, Fyodor Ivanovich, must be reconciled with your wife. Lisa, I beg you to do so. By that alone can we expiate all that has happened. You will think about it and will not refuse me. Lisa, for God's sake, you are asking what is impossible. I'm ready to do everything you tell me, but to be reconciled to her now. I consent to everything. I have forgotten everything, but I cannot force my heart. Indeed, this is cruel. I do not even ask of you what you say. Do not leave with her if you cannot, but be reconciled, replied Lisa, and again she hid her eyes in her hand. Remember your little girl. Do it for my sake. Very well, Lavretsky muttered between his teeth. I will do that, I suppose, in that I shall fulfill my duty. But you, what does your duty consist in? That I know myself. Lavretsky started suddenly. You cannot be making up your mind to marry Panshin, he said. Lisa gave an almost imperceptible smile. Oh, no, she said. Ah, Lisa, Lisa, cried Lavretsky. How happy you might have been. Lisa looked at him again. Now you see yourself, Fyodor Ivanovich, that happiness does not depend on us, but on God. Yes, because you... The door from the adjoining room opened quickly, and Marfa Timofevna came in with her cap in her hand. I have found it at last, she said, standing between Lavretsky and Lisa. I had laid it down myself. That's what age does for one, alack though youth's not much better. Well, and are you going to Lavriki yourself with your wife? She added, turning to Lavretsky. To Lavriki with her? I don't know, he said after a moment's hesitation. You are not going downstairs. Today, no, I'm not. Well, well, you know best. But you, Lisa, I think ought to go down. Ah, merciful powers, I have forgotten to feed my bullfinch. There, stop a minute, I'll soon... And Marfa Timofevna ran off without putting on her cap. Lavretsky walked quickly up to Lisa. Lisa, he began in a voice of entreaty, we are parting forever. My heart is torn. 
give me your hand at parting lisa raised her head her wearied eyes their light almost extinct rested upon him no she uttered and she drew back the hand she was holding out no lavretsky it was the first time she had used his name i will not give you my hand what is the good go away i beseech you you know i love you yes i love you she added with an effort but no no she pressed her handkerchief to her lips give me at least that handkerchief the door creaked the handkerchief slid on to lisa's lap lavretsky snatched it before it had time to fall to the floor thrust it quickly into a side pocket and turning round met marfa timofevna's eyes lisa darling i fancy your mother is calling you the old lady declared lisa at once got up and went away marfa timofevna sat down again in her corner lavretsky began to take leave of her fyodor she said suddenly what is it are you an honest man what i ask you are you an honest man i hope so hmm but give me your word of honour that you will be an honest man certainly but why i know why and you too my dear friend if you think well you're no fool will understand why i ask it of you and now good-bye my dear thanks for your visit and remember you have given your word fedya and kiss me oh my dear it's hard for you i know but there it's not easy for anyone once i used to envy the flies i thought it's for them it's good to be alive but one night i heard a fly complaining in a spider's web no i think they too have their troubles there's no help fedya but remember your promise all the same good-bye lavretsky went down the back staircase and had reached the gates when a manservant overtook him marya dmitrievna told me to ask you to go in to her he commenced to lavretsky tell her my boy that just now i can't fedor ivanitch was beginning her excellency told me to ask you very particularly continued the servant she gave orders to say she was at home have the visitors gone asked lavretsky certainly sir replied the servant with a grin lavretsky shrugged his shoulders and followed him end of chapters forty one and forty two